안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까. Yesterday we visited some mega churches and had the time to talk with the pastors. It was a really great time. Thank you, Dr. Jenkins and Archbishop Starlings and Reverend Patton for your beautiful preparation and arrangement. It was a really beautiful meeting. Uh, yeah, very nice building. And all our major leaders went there together, including our Johosua, and then met the mega churchy and the leaders. Yeah, and also another mega churches. And today I'm going to meet that uh, minister today. And also, and the uh, you know in the evening, we had a really, really beautiful and incredible time, and talking openly with the Columbia Church family members. I was so much deeply moved by how much they love true parents. They also understanding true parents' heart, and we are trying to make great unity. Uh, I really, I, I understood that each one of them, how much putting their jongsong. They really want to support true mother. So I hope we really can work together. Uh, today's, uh, today, I'd like to talk about, again, our holy wedding ceremony from True Mother's Memoir. I'd like to invite Heavenly Honey to read. 15 days after the engagement ceremony at 10 o'clock a.m. on April 11, 1960, the 16th day of the third month by the lunar calendar, we conducted the holy wedding. 700 or so members chosen from our churches across Korea gathered at Champadong Church to attend this splendid event long awaited by our heavenly parent. Because even more members flocked to, the, to attend the holy wedding than the engagement ceremony, the church was overflowing. <clears throat> and those who could not enter the building filled the alleyway beside it. The atmosphere was nonetheless solemn and reverent. The small chapel of the church was decorated beautifully and meaningfully for the, for the occasion. The walls and floors were covered with white cloth and a platform was set up to the left of the door. Dressed in a long white skirt and top with a long veil covering my head I walked down the stairs from the second floor, arm in arm with the bridegroom, as members sang a holy song, song of the banquet. All in attendance warmly welcomed us and the holy wedding thus commenced. The first ceremony of the holy wedding was held in Western style clothing and the second ceremony was held in traditional Korean style clothing, 
complete with robes and headdresses. The significance and value of this joyful occasion should have been praised, glorified, and honored by all nations and peoples. Yet it was marred by a distressing incident. The day before the ceremony, the Ministry of Home Affairs, responding to a Christian group's accusations, arrested and interrogated Father Moon. He was able to return to his quarters in the church only after being subjected to humiliating questions until 11 p.m. Yet under the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, Father Moon and I and the entire congregation put aside this painful experience as if it had never happened and conducted the marriage supper of the Lamb with serene hearts. God's predestined will was that his only begotten son and daughter would become one flesh through the marriage supper of the lamb and that through them, the dwelling place of God would be with men and women. True men and women are the rightful rulers of creation, the entire universe, heaven and earth. The holy wedding finally realized this ideal which Adam and Eve had failed to achieve. Thus, these ceremonies marked my formal enthronement as the mother of the universe and mother of peace. After the ceremony, Father Moon and I, as husband and wife, ate at the same table for the first time. It goes without saying that Newlyweds expect to go on a honeymoon and dream of their cozy life together. But it was not so with us. Our thoughts were fixed only upon God and the church. Nonetheless, I treasured every glance we shared and felt a love infinitely profound, a holy love that we wished to bequeath to all humankind. We then change into bright Korean traditional wedding outfits, and my husband and I sang and danced to return glory to God, enjoying a merry time together with the members. When the members called for the bride to sing, I sang a song called, When the Spring Comes. When the spring comes, azaleas bloom in the mountains and meadows. Where the azaleas bloom, so does my heart. Spring signifies freshness and newness. I love spring as it is the season of hope. Spring brings with it the expectation that as we leave the cold winter behind, our days will be vibrant with life. It awakens our dreams. As I sang, I was thinking that the history of the Unification Church should begin anew with this coming of spring. The appearance of the family of the true parents on earth that day flung open a new door in the history of God's dispensation. The day of the holy wedding ceremony conducted, conducted after we had lived through perilous years was the day of God's greatest delight. In the New Testament's book of Revelation, it is written 
that the marriage supper of the Lamb will take place when the Lord comes again at the end of times. That prophecy was fulfilled by the holy wedding, by which the only begotten son and only begotten daughter, lost at the beginning of human history, were brought together as bridegroom and bride and anointed as the true parents. As, as we were joined as husband and wife, I made a firm resolution in front of God. During my lifetime, my beloved husband and I will bring to a conclusion the history of the providence of restoration through indemnity, during which God has laboriously toiled. I know that what hurts God's heart more than anything else are the religious conflicts that take place in his name. Without fail, we will end them. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. At 10 a.m. on April 11, 1960, the 16th day of the third month by the lunar calendar, true parents conducted the holy wedding. The holy wedding ceremony marked through mothers of formal enthronement uh, as the mother of universe and mother of peace. The marriage supper of the lamb uh, where the only begotten son and only begotten daughter were to be married, which God desired was a place to realize the ideal of universe true couple and true parents that Adam and Eve could not achieve. My brothers and sisters, as the true family appeared on the earth through the holy wedding, the providence of God opened a new door. This day transcends a historic day in the history of all mankind. It is a historic day in the history of the universe. Is the most really significant day. How much Heavenly Father waited such a long time for this day. This is the first day the gates of heaven had opened in human history. It is the first day of hope when all mankind can be reborn through true parents. That's why True Mother, you know, always mentioned that uh, the holy wedding, you know, through parents' holy wedding should be the best of the holy day. True Mother said, more than God's day, more than True Parents' birthday, more than uh, any holy day. Because, because of this holy wedding and all mankind can be reborn. And then because of this holy wedding can open the door of the kingdom of heaven. That's why we really appreciate our true parents' holy wedding. Even though Jesus came 2,000 years ago as a begotten son, you know, his birthday, how much important. And then Jesus as a begotten son, you know, his position as a begotten son, how much important. However, 
cannot enter kingdom of heaven by alone. Kingdom of heaven, you know, need to begin from couple, from the wedding, between God's begotten, God's only begotten son, God's only begotten daughter. So, you know, this holy wedding is a really beginning point to open the door kingdom of heaven. And then through holy wedding, all mankind can be reborn through through parents. That's why how much impact, yeah, how much powerful. That's why, that's why mother rearranged that. Now every year centering holy wedding and through mother officially, you know, about the celebrate even God's day, even, even through parents day, even while that, you know, the, you know, God, God, the foundation day, all putting together, centering on through parents' holy wedding anniversary. Every year, April. It is really, really beautiful. We really need to appreciate our true parents' such effort. We also need to appreciate heavenly parents. Today's father's word, father said, I have shed tears no less than any patriot. Heavenly honey, please. I have shed so many tears for Korea, no less than any patriot. I have shed tears from the depth of my soul, no less than any patriot. Even if I do not justify this, God already knows. When we look centering on religion, Christians have often stood in a position of becoming martyrs, praying in front of God as they disappear like dewdrops in the morning sun. I have experienced those moments myself. Dying is easy. However, I must not let it end with dying as my destiny is such that I must not die. Therefore, it is even more difficult to go the path of death than simply dying. I have lived up to 50 years of my life in such a way, accompanying history of bitter heart and history of sorrow. The fact that God has been following me in the background of this course, being sorrowful together with me when I was sorrowful, undergoing hardship with me as I underwent hardships. This is a burden I cannot unpack. It is a burden. When can I welcome the day where I can fully unfold this baggage to praise and attend the Father with happiness in proportion to the weight of this baggage? This is what I am fighting for. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. True Father said, I have shed so many tears for Korea. No less than any patriot, I have shed tears from the depths of my soul. No less than any patriot. Always, true father has mentioned that love is always accompanied by tears and longing. We, we cry when we are sad. 
But tears come when we truly love and miss people. How much I love someone is determined by how much I shed tears for them and miss them. Father said, it is easy to die once, but you must live to fulfill your will, which is God's will. You must, you must not die, no matter what. You need to survive. No matter what, you need to fulfill your portion of responsibility while wearing your physical body on the earth. Once you die and come back to the, the come back to the earth and borrow someone's body, it is really impossible. You know, it, it is so difficult. That's why you need to really keep good health. And because my body does not belong to me, I need to fulfill God's will as my own will. That's why, you know, Father said, it is, it, it is easy to die once. Once you die without physical body, how can you grow up? You need to come back to the earth and borrow your the descendant's body. You know? This is not a simple matter. Once you die, no news, right? <laughs> Once you die, no news. Not easy, really. That's why we need to fulfill our goal while we are on the earth. Know that if you die, your responsibility will become a, a cross before God and be passed on to your descendant. You have to indebt to your descendant. So any human being came to the earth and could not fulfill their portion of responsibility. And then all my luggage, all my clothes passed to Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father have to have to bear that cross. And then he need to work more harder than before. So any human being came who really completely fulfilled their portion of responsibility, no one. And then who will be responsible to responsible their unfulfill their mission? No one can do. God have to bear their cross as a parent. And they need to looking for some descendant for us. How can we grow up through our descendant? Looking for something. Hey boy, hey girl, you need to go to that person to help. Oh, my burden. Finally, go to God. Any human being just come and go. And my unfulfilled mission, my heavy burden, everything remain in God's heart. That's why God is like overlord. 
Can you imagine about that? No one reduced God's heavy burden. Whenever you went carrying a heavy load, in fact, heaven was carrying your heavy load with you from behind. When you suffered, heaven suffered with you. When you shed tears, heaven shed tears with you. Therefore, fallen man is, is in eternal death to God. There is no way to forever repay the debt and burden of heart from heaven. Therefore, no matter what happened, we must do our best until the moment we die, fulfilling our portion of responsibility. I don't want to really give the, my heavy burden to my descendant. I don't want to give you know, my unfulfilled responsibility to the heaven and spiritual world, my descendant, even my own children. That's why I cannot die. Even though you are some, some are already getting old, cannot die. So Heavenly Father, let me fulfill my portion of responsibility while, on, while I'm on the earth. Even though someone is 50 or lady 60, 70, 80. Do not give up. As long as you are still Buddhist, you need to do your all your best to fulfill your portion of responsibility. If you fulfill your own portion of responsibility, that is the way to liberate God's heart. Then what is my portion of responsibility? Most important thing is, of course, we need to register, chanbo one, this and that. But we need to go. We need to grow up step by step. How can I become true self? How can I become true man or true woman? How can I become true filial sons and daughters? How can I become true brothers and sisters? How can I really become true couple and then I really can love my spouse? My spouse can love me and treat each other as God. And finally, final goal, reach to, be, to become true parents. Four goals. Have to become true children as a filial sons and daughters. Secondly, I have to be a true siblings, and then I can love all mankind as my own brothers and sisters. Number three, I need to love my spouse. My spouse is a representative of the half of the world. Through loving my spouse, I can love entire universe. And finally, reach it to true parents, the level of true parents, when you have the heart of a true parents, you can embrace anyone. You can love anyone. To become true parents means you already can enter the realm of God's heart. You already enter the world of God's heart. That's why we have to be a champion of heart. Without, without becoming true parents, 
it is impossible. You know, Father say, love your nation, love your nation, love it. Father continuously, you know, he said, I love the nation more than any patriot. Today, I'd like to introduce to parents three principles of education based on Father's word, loving your nation. Do you, do you know that? You someone already know what is true parents, three principles of education. First one, echan, Korean word, echan means love God. This is a, our education motto in any school, in any academic area. And when you visit to Sunmun University, Father wrote, you know, Echan Egu Ein, love God, love your nation, love all mankind. So, the, the first principle of education, Father said, love God. Same as the Bible, same as Jesus' guidance. Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? Bible, Mark chapter 12, verse 13. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the greatest commandment. True fathers, true parents, and the principle of education, same. When you raise up your children, when you raise up your pupils, what's the most important thing? You need to teach them love God. This is the greatest commandment. How can we love God? You know, Bible clearly mentioned, when you love God, love God with all your heart. Talking about heart here, all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind. With all your strength. I love true parents, principle of education. This is the first one. Love God. Anyone, anyone put God as a top priority. When you educate your own children, when you educate your own student, your own disciple, your own member, your own Cain, your own Abel, this one should be top priority. Love God more than anything else, more than money, more than power, more than honor, more than anything else. This is the fundamental principle of education. How, I, how do I raise my children in such a way? God is your God. God, your father, God, your mother. You need to love heavenly parents more than me. 
Your original parents have any parents. I am my position just only many position, just a stubborn position. You need to know that who is God. This has to be top priority. Secondly, Father said, love your nation. Wow, this is really additional. Father said, a person who cannot love their own country cannot love him. You know, Father said, if you truly love your nation, he or she can love heaven. No difference. Anyone truly, truly love God, they truly love their own nation. That's why you need to love your nation as a chosen country, as a God's nation, not something on a secular world. You need to treat your nation as a chosen nation. God give me this nation. Huh? That's why I love the Exodus song. Hmm? This land. God give to me this land. Chosen nation. You know, to choose this nation as chosen nation as Christianity. Wow. Our ancestors, how much paid the indemnity? Incredible indemnity. President Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln's Gettysburg uh, address, everybody you know that. He's talking about the government, of the government of the people, government by the people, government for people. He said that we here highly resolve that this dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. However, divine principle point of view different. Not government of the people. Your nation should be nation of God. Not government by the people. Your nation should be nation by God. Government for the people. Your nation should be nation for God. That's why divine principle point of view, we here highly resolve that this death shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have the new birth of freedom and that the nation of God, by God, for God, shall not perish from the earth. Should be like this. And then President Abraham Lincoln said, the people are the owners of the state. So all power comes from the people. However, divine principle point of view different. God is the owner of the state. So all power comes from God. 
democracy is like a brotherhoodism, sisterhoodism, like a siblingism. When siblings fight, there is no way to solve the problem. So in the end, Godism, which is true parentsism, must come out. Wow. That's why democracy is like on the process. On the process. Better than communism, better than any other things. However, this is not the final goal. Based upon democraticism, democracy, we need to meet through parents. God should be the order of my nation. That's why nation of God, nation by God, nation for God, we call that is God's Chanilgu. That is the second principle of the education. And what's the third principle of education? Father said, love all mankind. Jesus said, what's the second commandment? Love your neighbor. Like love your God. A person who loves God cannot help but love the people God loves. A person who loves God cannot help but love the world and all mankind God loves. That's why true fathers slogan is what? We need to create one family under God. If we educate centering on these three, three principles of education, this is the way to create one family on the world. Wow, fathers. <laughs> three principles of education is really amazing. Really amazing. Do you agree with me? Today's youth ministry Joseph and Job's life of self-denial and attendance. Also, this is very important content. Recently, I'm continuing talking about self-denial because self-denial is really, you know, crucial matter. Joseph and Jacob, Job's life of self-denial and attendance. All central figures in the past were on the path of death when they went on the way of the will. If you offer yourself and go on, the path you cannot go is the way of the will. You look at that. All our central figures, look at Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Jesus, including our true parents. All central figures in the past were on the path of death, like life and death. Without denying my own self, no central figures can obey, can surrender to God. No one. So attendance means I need to deny myself, completely kill myself. I don't have my own idea. I don't have my own concept. I don't have my own thinking. If you affirm yourself and insist on your own opinion, insist on your own idea, 
then no one can follow God and no one can attend God. So what does true, true attendance mean? How does attendance begin? It begins from self-denial. I belong to God. It's up to your heavenly parents. Very important how central figures they show. God talked to Abraham. You need to offer your son, Isaac. Yes. He doesn't have his own opinion. Like life and death. Ask Noah, build the, 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 the boat at the top of the Ararat mountain. Yes. He completely killed his own desire. Even Joseph, even Jacob. If they offer themselves, they feel limited because they cannot bear the difficulties they face. Therefore, one has to be willing to die and make sacrifices. In other words, you must thoroughly deny yourself. In a such a place, you can attend God and overcome any adversities. If you just affirm yourself, if you really Insist on your own opinion, your own idea. And then when you, whenever you're facing problem, always complain. Complain to God. Complain to the environment. Complain to your parents. Then you cannot be surrendered to God. Life of faith means what? Self-denial. Attendance means how to attend God need to begin from self-denial. While Jacob's son Joseph was in prison, he uh, outwardly looked like a hopeless man, a man without a vision and a life without a purpose. However, he spent 10 years in prison enduring this way. If Joseph only thought of his own cross and had hopes and desires centered on himself, he would have considered it a troublesome thing to respect or treat others in prison. He completely denied himself. Why Heavenly Father put me in the prison? That is a reason. That is a reason. This might Destiny to overcome. He completely denied while he on while he was in, in prison and serving his neighbors one by one. Otherwise, how can he spend 10 years in the prison? It is impossible. If he cannot deny himself, always complain. And then he will die in the, in the prison. However, there is a meaning, there is a reason why God put me here. And without any complaint, just serving his neighbors really kindly. Or men like the job did not complain even as they were all dying. He had nothing to assert himself in his heart. If he had had any attachment for himself, 
he would have complained, why is this happening to me? Even though I have dedicated my life to God in my own way, what happened to me? Why? You know, I, you know, all my property is gone. My children die. Even my wife die. What kind of miserable? Until now, I absolutely follow God's will. I surrender to God. I try to unite with God. And then why is it happening to me? I so much dedicate my life to God. Absolutely. What happened to me like that? If Joseph had such a heart, he, had, he must have complained as a result of not denying himself. However, Job had no other thoughts in his mind. Even if, even if he, his whole family was ruined and he was about to die, if Joseph or Job had complained, what have I done wrong to make this happen? Things would have been different. Had he done so, the result would have been, you know, disastrous because he did not want to die in that difficult situation. Self-denial means what? Kill, completely kill myself. 100% deny myself. Then that is the attendance. There is the way to attend God. There is the way to attend to heaven. Even between husband and wife, husband and wife. Why husband and wife have the comforting and fighting each other? Because they did not deny. If I kill myself in front of my spouse, you are my God, then I really completely give up, even though, uh, even though I think this is a principle, maybe this I am right. I am more better than my wife, my, my husband. But you need to completely throw away your own concept, even though you look like a principal way. Completely kill 100%. And obey to your spouse. Unite with your spouse. And then when you follow your spouse, but your attitude, this is, a, this is the way of God. But you, your spouse is wrong. God correct him. That's why. Why fighting? Why have a conflict between husband and wife? Never deny my own son. Father said, except chapter 2. Except chapter 2. How to surrender my enemy? Enemy say, oh, I... I need to, I need to get your, you know, outside your clothes. Then you need to get even give you even your underwear. Enemy say, oh, you know, let's go to somewhere. Five five miles or ten miles. Then you need to prepare even ten miles or twenty miles to go together. This is the way to surrender. Self denial. I overcame my relationship with my wife. This is the point. I thought I know divine principle more than my wife, my experience more than my wife. It does not work 
at all. Even though you are principal, it does not work at all. Only it works. If I completely kill myself, deny myself, it looks like a delay. But this is the best way to make unity. When Jacob faced trials, he was able to gain victory and attain heaven. And the secret was to always think from the beginning of the faith. People come and go. He lived or come empty and return empty life of faith. You cannot bring anything to the heaven. Money, honor, power, nothing. Only you can bring to heaven only the result of the true love. How much you love the people? How much you love God? External thing, you have a good job or a scientist or a professor or a you know, politician. This is nothing in the kingdom of heaven. Only kingdom of heaven care what kind of person you are. You are really true man or not. You are really true couple or not. You are really true brothers and sisters or not. You are truly filial sons or, or daughter. Kingdom of heaven only care these things. We must thoroughly examine our life of faith. Am I the one who wants to die for the sake of the will or the one who wants to live? That's why Jesus said, you want to live, you should will die. <clears throat> but you want to die for others, you should live. Means need to deny yourself, completely kill yourself. Only those who truly want to die for the sake of the will can attain God. It is a lie to say that a person who wants to live only for himself, will serve others. Many people want to believe in God in order to live. For example, I believe in God to be healed. I believe in God to receive the blessings. I believe in God to enter the kingdom of heaven. Our own for themselves. So there is no one who truly attains God. That's why Bible says no one righteous, even one, no one righteous guy on the earth. Because everybody have their own self-motivation. Why you try to enter the kingdom of heaven? No one say because of God, because of true parents. If I do not enter kingdom of heaven, God is so sad. Two parents is so sad. My parents is so sad. I want to liberate God. I want to console God, comfort God. That's why no matter what, I need to enter the kingdom of heaven. Motivation for God, for true parents, for others. What the hell? Motivation, everything for me. I believe in God to be healed. I believe in God to receive the, the blessing. I believe in God to enter the kingdom of heaven. Your motivation come from where? For, for, uh, your motivation for God, for your own, own self. 
Wow. This is the point. True attendance comes from complete self-denial, my brothers and sisters. Thank you very much.